You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Midlife State of Mind. We are so happy to be with you every week. And thank you so much for hitting the subscribe button on our podcast, whatever platform that you're listening to us today. And we would love for you to leave us a review and spread the word. Forward an episode that's meaningful to you to a friend. And we just really appreciate those kinds of things. Absolutely. It helps us grow the Midlife State of Mind community. Well, today we're talking about living on your own terms or living your truth, however you want to say it. Something that I think I personally didn't become acquainted with this until maybe my 40s, maybe even my 50s. What about you, Belinda? I feel like I've always lived on my own terms. (laughs) You have, but you have a very strong personality and I think. But you have to realize like my origin story is that my parents divorced when I was 13 and I feel like I kind of raised myself from that point on. I mean, I give my parents a lot of credit and I give my grandparents a lot of credit, but I definitely. Kind of forged your own path. Yes. at At a young age, started working at 15 and I've worked my entire life. So I've always been financially independent. I did not have parents that raised me with... Or paid for school. Yeah, I had to do all of those things. I had to figure out a way. I had had to figure out a way. I always had a job from 15 because I wanted to have clothes Mm -hmm. and pay for gas for my car. I I got my own phone in my room because I didn't want to have to share and I paid my own phone bill. Wow, I never did that. Miss Entrepreneur, we just had one phone with a really long telephone cord and I would just pull it to the farthest extent to get a little bit of privacy. See? Yeah. <laughs> Golly, kids today have no idea what we went through, right? But no, I ended up getting my own phone number because I wanted to be able to like... Look at you. Do, my younger sister and I shared a room always. I've never had my own room ever in my life. And my younger sister and I, and she was supposed to pay for half of the phone bill and she never did. I paid for all of I think it was $28 back in the day. Well, I do think living on your own terms can also be described as purposeful living, like your purpose. But in order to live on your own terms, you have to know. You have to know it. You have to know yourself and what your wants and your needs and your desires are. And then you just have to believe in yourself. Well, I think though, oftentimes I know that we can be driven by expectations and the pressures of society. We aspire as young girls maybe to grow up and find our Prince Charming and get married and have 2.1 kids and have the white picket fence and the dog and all that. And that's kind of what society expects. And I've told all of my boys, they don't ever need to feel pressured to get married or have kids. I mean, would I like for them to have a partner? Absolutely. And if they want to have children, I would be supportive of that. But I don't think everyone should feel that pressure of growing up, getting married, finding a job, working nine to five every day, coming home, you know, taking one vacation a year. I agree. And I do believe that we all have to decide on our own, not with the influence of our parents or of our teachers or whatever, 
we have to decide what matters most to us and what direction and what path we want to travel down. Well, I think because that is the first step is to visualize what you want for your life. But we did say before you can even do that, I think you really do have to know yourself and realize that you change and it's okay to change, but being in tune with really having that self-awareness. So, and then once you really visualize how you want your life to look, then you can start to put that into action, right? You can prioritize what's important to you. So if, for instance, money's important to you, then you'll make that a priority of how am I going to earn money? If it's time, if it's traveling, I know for you, travel is a huge priority and it is for me as well. And you, you have manufactured your life to allow you to have that travel, right? You've made it a priority and you've set your life up so that you can travel as much as possible. Right. It is something that brings me great happiness and experiencing. Even during the pandemic, I wasn't able to, obviously none none of us were traveling internationally. So I scheduled trips out West and I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is just beautiful out here. How have I missed this? And it was because I was really focused on international travel prior to that. So what I have found is that even just traveling a short distance from home is something that meets that need for me to have that adventurous spirit. And just traveling up to Blue Ridge Mountains is just magical to me. Right. You don't have to even get on a plane. Right. I mean, you can just get outside of your community. We talked about that before. People who never leave their hometown, even to travel. Mm-hmm. And that just for both of us, it's so foreign because we've always, I think from the time, I mean, I know for me, I've always loved to travel once I was able to afford to do it on my own. And the idea of never leaving the place that you were born is just not something that you or I can really relate to. Yeah, it doesn't resonate with me. I really do want to see more and more. And the more of the world that I see, the more I want to see. Me too. (laughs) Well, I think what it does is it really just lets you see how ultimately we're very different, but we're all the same. There's a common thread as humans that we all have of connection and experiencing joy and all of the things we all aspire to. One of the things I think that you have to really be adept at that I have a problem with is learning how to say no to what doesn't help you get to where you want to be, Mm -hmm. right? To live life on your own terms and say no without giving an explanation or a reason because I'm famous for like even in text, I'll give this for an example, which is just a very basic example. When I got my real estate license and of course I'm registered, you know, through my real estate license, I get tons of texts from people who are say, Hey, I work with the national Association of Realtors to give health insurance quotes to people who are self-employed. And I can't ignore it. And I always have to say, I appreciate you reaching out, but I have really great health insurance through my husband. Why can't I just leave well enough alone? Right. Instead of just not responding. Responding. Yeah. Conserve your energy. (laughs) Yeah. But it's funny because not too long ago when, when I really got active on LinkedIn and with the podcast, I get tons of LinkedIn requests to connect with podcast promoters. And Jeff used to laugh because I would respond to every single one of them like, hey, thanks for reaching out, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like I'd give this full explanation. And he's like, why are you even doing that? You know, and it's just something in me. I don't know if it's Southern. I don't know if it's just being a woman. But real freedom is learning how to say no without giving a reason. And I'm striving to try to do that more and more in my life of just saying no. 
And not having to explain yourself. Yes. Yeah. Right? And it helps you get out of your way because, like you said, conserving my energy. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not getting me to where I'm able to live on my own terms or live my truth or live my purpose in life, then it's just, it's not really something that I should be putting time and energy into. Well, I do think it's important to be realistic about where we are in our lives, in the moment, whatever it is we're wanting to live on our own terms, are we realistic with exactly the life we're currently living? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. And then maybe even writing down a plan. Like, what do you plan? I also have had conversations with people. What what is your five-year plan? What is your 10-year plan? You know, when I think of that, I think about those conversations were probably with uh, someone who I sat down with at Edward Jones, (laughs) you know, to have like a retirement plan. What's your five-year plan, Belinda? You're like, I want to be able to retire. Yeah. And so I do think that, you know, it's really nice to live your life one day at a time so to speak, living in the present moment. But I also think there is something to be said for sitting down. What What is my life going to look like five years from now? What is it going to look like when I retire? What age do I even think I'm going to retire? Because how can we live life on our own terms if we aren't really thinking about what those terms are. We have to be mindful about them. Yes. Totally. I don't, and you and I both aspire as yoga teachers and practicing yogis to live life in the moment, but that doesn't mean, right, you can't be mindful about your plan for the future. I I think it is important and it's the responsible thing to do. Absolutely responsible. Well, one of the things I think that oftentimes people have an issue with, with this idea of living life on your own terms is the guilt Because they have this oftentimes guilt like this is what my parents would want or this is what society wants. And so they feel that they have to live a certain way because otherwise there's negativity that comes along with maybe some of the choices that they would make. Or that feeling of letting people down. Yes. That depend the guilt on from you. letting, yes. Oh, that's something that's heavy, right? It really is. And so we have to find the balance because if we are parents, then there are decisions we make that aren't just about ourselves. We have to think about the welfare of our children. Right, and the ramifications so, on others in our And circle. that's why I think it's important that you hit on that with your own children. You don't expect them to get married and have children unless they really want to take on that role and that relationship and that responsibility because we know as being parents what that all entails and there is a lot of times where you may have set out in your 20s that you were going to live life on your own terms and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a relationship and you have children and guess what you have to either put those plans on hold right or you have to find a way to make it work where you're meeting the needs of all those that you're responsible for too. There absolutely are periods. You're going to have seasons. Yes. Where your needs aren't going to come first if you're a parent. And I always say this to people. If somebody's contemplating to have kids, I'm like, if you're not 100% sure that you want kids, don't have them. Because I was 100% sure. And even then I had my moments where (laughs) I'm like, what was I doing? This is hard. It is hard. And so, you know, and I, from the time I was a little girl, I think probably by eight years old, I knew I wanted kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was 100% sure I was going to be a mom. Me too. But there were definitely times where I was like, what have I done to myself? This is so hard. And it's like (laughs) thankless many times, right? I mean, obviously it's thankless when they're babies because they can't even verbally express appreciation. But even when they become teenagers and you wonder, why didn't I eat you when you were little? (laughs) 
Also, I think something that you have to keep in mind if you're trying to live life on your own terms and live your truth is you have to learn how to handle unwanted advice because everybody has advice. And like I said, I give people advice about don't have kids if you don't want them, don't feel pressured. And you have to learn how to decipher and and really pick what advice you are going to take. I agree. I think that it's important to start with your own self, what you envision or dream that your life, that you want your life to be. And then also it's important important to get people's perspective that maybe have already been where you're wanting to be. Right. So seek out advice only from people that you respect or maybe that are going to offer you wisdom from prior experience. I mean, I feel like it's always a good perspective talking to others and then you decipher where. Yeah. Discerning what, what you can take from it and what you don't. Yeah. And where they're coming from. I think advice is only as good as the, the person's experience that's sharing that advice with you. But then we all know that we all have to live it to learn it ourselves. Most of us are that way. Even if someone's telling you, this isn't the path that I would choose. Sometimes we choose the opposite of whatever advice. We ask for advice and then we still do whatever we yeah. want to do. Or even the opposite of whatever that person, that perspective that they're giving us. And I don't know why, but we are, you know, I know personally for me and for my children, we have to live it to learn it kind of people. Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because I'm in a a Facebook group for entrepreneurs and this lady was asking for advice. She wants to open a restaurant and she has this whole big plan and she's like, I want advice except for unless you tell me not to do it. And I get it because like my first thought, I didn't comment because I don't have any advice for a restaurant tier. Right. But my advice would have been look at the statistics of restaurants and how many go out of business within the first year and then how many go out of business within five years because restaurants have very slim margins, food costs. I mean, there's so many reasons. And so if she was asking my advice, if she was a friend, I'd probably say, don't open it. (laughs) But it's her dream. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't want to hear any advice of don't open it. She was asking for people's advice. Usually when we ask for advice, we want to hear, we want advice that that will reinforce what we already have decided. Right. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I think we're all guilty of that. We know the friend to talk to that's going to, to boost our dreams and encourage us. We know the friend that's going to be the naysayer, the naysayer and give right. you all the reasons why you should do on it. it right? Yeah. And so, so at different times in our life, we seek out, you know, if things are, are going great, we're seeking out that person that's the optimist. If things are going terrible, we're seeking out that person that was like, well, I, I told you so. Because sometimes you do want to commiserate, right? Yes. With someone that actually was a naysayer. Because if it isn't working out, sometimes we do, I don't know, I, I think you need those both kinds of friends. Does that make sense? Absolutely. A friend who's willing to tell you the truth about, you know, an experience that they had that didn't go so well and they can commiserate with you. You wouldn't probably seek out the friend who everything in their life is going beautifully and perfectly if you're struggling with something because their optimism might not be what you want to hear in that moment. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Of course. You're like, okay, I'm glad everything's great for you, Debbie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Good for you. No, I always am happy for my friends when things are going great. But I do think making a plan and then the best laid plans can always change. That's just part of our evolving and growing. You know, whatever living life on my own terms looked like in my 20s looks very different of living my life on my own terms in my 50s. Well, yeah. So start small and then give yourself grace if you have to pivot 
you don't become so rigid in the plan that you're like, this is my plan and I'm going to stick to it. I don't care what it costs me because embracing your new life is going to cost you your old life. But I think the first real step is getting very in tune with what you feel like your purpose is. Well, you know, if we take it down to even a more minimalist approach, like I talked about meeting with the Edward Jones person and a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. What if we minimized and took it to even a six-month plan, right? Where are we right now in our life? Where do we want to be? And what does it look like in the next six months? What would it look like living life on my own terms over the next six months? What would it look like living my own life over, what does 2024 look like for me living my life on my own terms? I know I want to travel and go a few places and I know that in order to make that happen, I have to financially have some goals set. I have to be disciplined with my how I manage my finances so that I can afford to do whatever it is this next thing that I might have planned for 2024. I'm just using that as an example, right? And I think writing it down is helpful too. We talked about that in one of our previous episodes about journaling and when you write something down or or you are attracting that which you want and you're formulating a plan to move towards that. It doesn't mean that in six months or 12 months, if that didn't happen, that you're a failure, right? It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that in that moment in time that you were trying to come up with, what does it mean to be my most authentic self? What is it that I'm wanting to accomplish? And I write it down and then six or 12 months later, maybe I did or didn't accomplish some of those things. Maybe I accomplished all of those things. But I think there's something to be said about taking the time to come up with the plan. Right. And taking the time to write it down, taking the time to have actionable steps to make sure that I am doing all the things that are going to get me to where I want to be. Well, it's like if you were opening a business and you have a business plan and you can't go and get a loan. Without it. You know, when you opened up the yoga studio, you had to have a written down business plan and you had to have a very specific actionable steps that you were doing and everything. Well, I read a book. It's been about 10 years now called The Four Desires, Creating a Life of Purpose, Happiness, Prosperity, and Freedom. It's by Rod Stryker. He's a yoga teacher. And what this book does is it takes you through your four desires. He's According to ancient yoga tradition, your soul has four distinct desires. The desire for purpose, which is the drive to become who you were meant to be. We call that dharma. The desire for the means, which is money, security, health, to prosper in this world. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're in pursuit of riches, but you have to have financial security if you want to be of some sort. The desire for pleasures like intimacy, beauty, and love. And then the desire for spiritual fulfillment and lasting freedom. It's a really good book and it's basically like how those four desires are the key to happiness and to living a a full and balanced life. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend it. I'll link it in the show notes. It really helped me get clear on what my dharma was. I think it's important too that whatever our plan is for our purpose, our living our life authentically to find the joy in the journey. And I know it sounds trite, right? But it's so true. So maybe today you aren't exactly where you 100% 
thought you might be in this day, in this very moment, but there is an opportunity for you to find the gratitude for what got you to where you are right now and to find the joy that something within you every day when we wake up, there's opportunities for us to be joyful. There's opportunities for us to laugh and not take things so seriously and also to surround ourselves with people that are supportive of the life that we are living and that are on that path with us, which is why we love the idea of practicing yoga in a like-minded community, which is why we are planning a retreat in Italy to be immersed in a cultural experience with people that are in the same chapter of life that we are. Don't you agree? Absolutely, 100%. You said it beautifully. (laughs) Well, if you want to learn more about us, visit our website at Midlife State of Mind podcast You can find out more about Belinda and I and about that retreat that Belinda mentioned in Italy. It's going to be amazing and we want you all there and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.